Hey there, Vault Dwellers. Welcome back. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to talk about a board game. You see here at the Vault, we play a lot of other games, not just Pathfinder. Oh, we just don't record those because, well, nobody wants to see some of that. We did, however, recently get a chance to play the Dune board game. Obviously, this is based off the uh, universe and books written by Frank Herbert. It's published by Gale Force 9. Sean, otherwise known as Father Becker, picked up a copy of this, and we managed to get in a couple of games the other night, and it, you know, it was decidedly a lot of fun. Something that a lot of board games don't get right is that political intrigue, which is very much key to the Dune storyline. A lot of board games feel like they just, they're just themed around the environment and don't actually reflect the story. This one we felt like did a really good job of doing that. The amount of intrigue, the jockeying back and forth, that we experienced during those run-throughs, it was a lot of fun. We all agreed afterwards that we'd love to play that again sometime, and maybe we will, maybe we don't. We have a lot of games that we like to play, and sometimes we say that and never actually get to them, but I think we'll see this one pop back up again. I did, however, want to mention it, because if anybody out there is looking for a new board game, something that's a lot of fun, you know, definitely pick that thing up. It's uh, not too difficult, but it does have a little bit of a learning curve. So, you know, give yourself a couple of run-throughs on that. I will say the timing varied a lot. Our first game lasted all of 20 minutes, and I think our last game lasted almost four hours. Uh, depending on how things go, it could end quickly, or if you really get into a lot of stalemates, then the game's going to drag on for quite a while, which is what happened to us. So check out the Dune board game, and for now, let's go ahead and hop on inside the vault for this week's episode. This is the Adventurer's Vault. Follow our epic journeys and hear amazing tales. Join our heroes as they bravely face grave dangers and mysterious evils in distant and unknown lands. Be sure to visit our website, theadventuresvault.com, for episodes, links, and show notes. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. And now... It's time to open the Adventurer's Vault. All right, so you guys are still in Port Holbeck. You have some some time amongst yourself. Nothing is pressing at the moment. Uh, anything else you guys want to accomplish? Ashurian's going to go back to the uh, tent, which is where he um, had the pack that he carried on him when he first uh, got to Faradon. He has like a pan, some like a lot of basic like explorer stuff, but once he gets towards the bottom, he pulls out a like little leather satchel, undoes it, opens it, and he pulls out a steel mask that is in the shape of a like heater shield. And it has several small holes along the bottom half of it and a long visor slit along the top half and has long leather strap that goes back. Along with that, he pulls out a leather hood. And Assyrian... Uh, he gets his full regalia of all of his bondoliers and satchels and everything that have brass buttons and pins and everything all over them. And he fully dons his armor, if one could call it that, finally puts on the hood and adjusts the mask to make sure that it fits. And on the mask we see it has a weird shapen face on it, one that is long and wirely. On the steel mask that Ashurian is now donning, there is embossing that is, uh, shows a long, weirdly face that um, 
flows off into almost a like steaming and cloud like figure. And it's obvious a form of a specter of some form. So th- this is just you in the tent? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, a- afterwards, Asherian does walk back out into the camp wearing this. So so essentially you're wearing like a a weird mask with like slits for eyes and an executioner's hood kind of on around around it. And um, it's not an executioner's hood, just an old leather hood. Because I got to be honest, I'm real troubled by this appearance. Yeah, uh, in fact, ah, you've executed <laughs> multiple people. That's an executioner's yeah. hood. <laughs> I feel, I feel yeah, like not wearing the hood. You might embrace it. Um, I that's um quite quite a, a different thing that you're wearing there. What, what's um what what's going on? Bloody hell, is he? This is what my people normally wear. That that's an everyday thing for you. Uh, when we go to war, yes. Your people oh. are terrifying. Show me your war You're face. a frightening, <laughs> frightening individual. You know that. Have I told you that lately? Yes, you have. Uh, not <laughs> enough, apparently. Or you wouldn't be wearing... That's all, the point of this mask, of as a matter of fact. It's working. Is it necessary in Port Hallback? No. I just haven't worn this in a while. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't terrified the shit out of the entire population. In weeks, so I thought, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to make some orphans shit their pants. <laughs> Let's come along. Necessary? Fuck no, it's not necessary. But it's terrifying. That's it's awesome. Hello, I'm Roddy. This is Haytum. This is Becca. This is my good friend Destro. <laughs> yeah. Now that is awesome. <laughs> is it necessary for me to wear the skulls of my enemies? No, but it inspires terror and all who behold me. But Roddy heard him say, like, this is what I wear for war. And he just nods. Because that, that means Assyrians accepted. That's not a kinda war like, face. Kind of like my worldview, which is we're at war. Mm-hmm. And if that's what Assyrian wears for it, Roddy's fine with it. Yeah. However, I, I, do, I do understand your concern for saying that it might not be, let's say, uh, kosher to be walking around the streets with a mask as such. But it is tradition. Tradition. And as far as I'm concerned, it could be a little fun. Uh, Wink. I mean, <laughs> who, who am I to stop you? Uh, you know, uh, feel free. I, 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 it might be amusing to hear the, the terrified cries of, of the populace. So. No, do I think I could stop him? He might rip my soul out of my <laughs> eyeballs or some shit. The pla- this place was getting a little chummy around here. We should mix chummy. it up. Yeah. <laughs> they were get- the locals were getting too friendly. <laughs> Lo- the lo- not enough fear in their eyes. <laughs> Guys, the locals really love us. Let's fuck that up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's squander that goodwill. Sometimes the face you see is the mask. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Got deep. I hear the I hear the Batman music playing in the background. <laughs> Wait, what voice did I just use? <laughs> you did Probably the Alder. Alder. <laughs> you did the Alder one, but it's okay. <laughs> we can't keep track anymore. <laughs> I can't either. I like, I like Brad out of character doesn't know who he is anymore. Now. I'm just a dude disguising him, <laughs> yeah, pretending exactly. to be another dude. I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, well, I believe uh, you guys are all together. Anybody else you want to go see in town? Anything you want to do? Today? Let's go say hi to Jokdar, just I, for gigs. I need someone who can make a shield. Uh, well, you know, Jokdar is the uh, probably the most uh, well-provisioned uh, person in town. Do you want to say I will read uh, my father's uh, letter, I guess it would? Package? Hate them. I'll open that thing. It's you a little there. bitch. <laughs> Always been a little bitch. Um, no, love dad. dad. <laughs> no, dad, not again. Uh, he always used the word love so sarcastically. <laughs> so inside this leather roll, there is kind of, uh, it almost looks like those little cigar pouches. 
uh, they give you an idea of, of kind of what they look like, and there's a seal on it. And you you recognize these. Um, these are used for payment by the Church of Asmodeus to its members. So if they've earned something, uh, it comes in these little pouches. And if you open it up on the inside of this one, there are two wands. Interesting. They, they have uh, the, the insignia of the, uh, the symbol of the Church of Asmodeus, as well as uh, your father's insignia. Uh, you would know that this most likely means that he earned something and asked that it be passed along to you. Uh, but See, there, he does care. <laughs> there, there is no note on the, on the inside, though. There, oh, okay. there, there's nothing beyond that. So you, you would know that that's most likely what happened. Well, I would like to know what these wands do. Uh, it doesn't take you too long. One of them is a wand of acid arrow. The other is a wand of glitter dust. Now, a number of orphans die as you <laughs> to, to determine what actually happens, but... Uh... It's okay, dads. I'll get more. What What was the second one? Glitter dust? Glitter dust. Wow. That's awesome. That's metal. And, and both of them are second level. Neither of them are heightened either way. So that should be, Is that similar to glitter dust in uh, Pathfinder 1? Uh, it's fairly similar, yeah. It kind of serves the same niche, but it is Invisible creatures. So we'll be fighting invisible creatures soon. <laughs> oh, so it's <laughs> like... Time to read up on those rules. Uh, it's like fairy wrong. fire, kind of, I guess. Kind of, yeah. 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 yeah, it also blinds people, so they fail to save. They can be blinded. Pocket sand. <laughs> Pocket sand. Very effective versus dragons. <laughs> yeah, so I've heard. But uh, it can't outline them, so if they're invisible, you can see them, so on and so forth. And those are both second level? Uh, yes. All this. Do I get a letter from my dad? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure what to think of that. If I didn't know any better, I'd almost say he might be proud. Do you oh, hate dear. them? I've hired an invisible creature to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> here's, your, here's your fighting chance. <laughs> <laughs> what I haven't told you is that acid energizes it. <laughs> they multiply when you hit them with glitter dust. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. They're, they're invisible gremlin demons. Oh, no. So you guys are going to I'll put go... those in my pocket. Yep. <laughs> you go up. visit Jacques next? Sure. Okay. We don't have anything to give him. We just kind of want to go say hi uh, so... and beg for anything he'll give us. Uh, if you had a cross town, remember last time you were there, there wasn't much there. He had just arrived. Uh, now there's a lot there. There's actually just crates sitting all over the field. Uh, there's a few extra tents uh, now that uh, you, know, you can tell there's more gear in there. And obviously quite a few shiploads of stuff have been dropped off here. And there's a little bit of a flurry of activity. Uh, he seems to have wasted no time in getting business up and running. But he's there. You see him. He's wandering around. Ayo, Jackie! <laughs> God dang which, it, Brad. Which voice is that? <laughs> it's his real, real backstory. Yeah, I haven't read that one yet. Don't worry, <laughs> I'll, I'll get around to it. Well, hello, Jockdar. It's been some time since we've seen you. Oh, hello, friends. Yes, yes. You, you are back. I hear you are, you are very successful. Well, yes, we managed not to die on our most recent trip into the hinterlands. Oh, so good to hear. So good to hear. Mm-hmm. That's kind of our measure of success these days. Not in uh, payments. Because we've got none, but... So how can uh, Jacques Dabi be of service to your fine peoples? Right, we just really wanted to say hi. I mean, we was in town. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm so happy you came by. Yes, Jacques Dabi is so happy. Uh, I we, we eat, yes, yes. We have lunch. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> certainly. Well, I awesome. mean, I could, I could go for a snack. Victuals and libations, I think. Uh, so there there is indeed a tent where there's a little... Uh, they, he doesn't have a chairs. It's just more of the low table where you kind of sit down at, and there are, there are plates of cheeses and meats and and a few other uh, kind of 
uh, edibles. Mm, excellent. Oh, this looks good. Ooh, uh, so he sits down. He says, "Come sit, sit, eat, eat." Mm, thank you. Is this Stilton? This is delicious. Mm. You you tell Jacta, uh, you tell me of your journeys. Well, we ran Jacta. into some awful stuff out here. Hey, Jacta, you got a map? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I have a map. Uh, so, like, Roddy points at sections, entire sections of the map, where he's like, Jacta, don't send any ships anywhere near here. And he points out, like, New Hope's exact location and that entire chain of mountains to the east. Uh, Jacques Dar is, uh, he, he looks very serious for me. Oh, oh no. Uh, I, the ships, they will stay here and they will go from port to port. Right, right. It's just that we know that there is, uh, without getting too much into it, there's a lot of bad stuff here. Oh, and then, it's no good. It's and then no this good. section, that is uh, just a place we didn't want to do business. Whenever he points out where New Hope is, I, I'm going to be carefully watching to see if there's any sort of reaction from Jokdar. Um, you know, he, he looks, uh, what's the right word here? He looks very, uh, not shocked, uh, but he, he does like have almost a serious look. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Jokdar, no want bad business. We want good business. Business is good here in Port Holbeck. Yeah, he did a lot in a little bit of time mm -hmm. here. It looks good. Oh, yes. Many goods, many goods. Uh, you are here to bargain for goods? Yes, well, actually. We are. <laughs> I am. I'm bloody broke. What, are you opening a credit line? <laughs> Sadly, we're sort of down on our luck. We did many heroic things out there in the, in the very dangerous area, but... Um, Sadly, it wasn't very lucrative in terms of coin or items. It's it's a sad thing for people like us. Oh, I have this. I have this. And he, he fumbles through and pulls up a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can see it has Carlisle's hand on it. Oh. And it's basically instructions that uh, you guys are able to purchase on his tab. Why, that Carlisle's great. He says, yes, yes. No, you, you your credit is good here. Have you found? Have you gotten anything interesting in in, in your uh, anything that might be uh, useful to? Oh, I don't know the heroes of Port Hallback. <laughs> oh, Jacta is a simple merchantman. I know not of uh, such such greatness in battle, um, but I have many things, many things. You you tell me what you want. I I I, I have it brought for you. I need a shield. Oh yes, we have shields. This is a yes, re recurring theme. I think. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he he motions. I need a shield. I'm holding up for a shield. Oh, <laughs> uh, he motions to one of the, his uh, his people, and they come over. and He says, "Oh, you bring shield for 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 my, for my friends." And sure enough, after he he gives you some more banter for a while, mm -hmm. and after a few minutes, they show up with a crate, and they uh, which they pop open, and inside are, are several rows of shields. They're mm -hmm. nothing super fancy, but they look very functional and fairly nice. Dude's like, oh, 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 I have 45 shields in this crate. Uh, uh, hey, why don't you take a look at, at all that and tell me what's, what's nice, what's lovely in that crate. That, that <laughs> looks to be a whole bunch of normal shields. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing, uh, nothing abnormal about them, nothing magical about them, but they're, they're very serviceable shields. Jacques I need a shield with a certain embossing on it. Oh, you want uh, you want custom? Yes. Oh, Jacta. Yes, yes. I know. I know someone who 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 do this. You want uh, you want personal seal? Yes, actually. And uh, Ashirian takes off the mask and hands it to him. Says, "This is my personal seal." You want this on shield, or you want likeness? 
I want the embossing that's on the mask on the shield. Oh, yes, yes. Jacques Dark can make this happen for you, good friend. That's all I need. Does Haytham look like really like wounded? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't ask your master craftsman friend in your own party. <laughs> so, 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 ja- 13 and crafting. Ja- ja- I'm losing out to. Uh, Jacques Dart turns to Haytham. He's like, oh, you do this for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, master I will pay you some money <laughs> to do this. Haytham's like, Oh, I'm okay. poor, so yes. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out. Uh, I mean, that's a legit scam if that's what's going on. <laughs> I'm not even mad. <laughs> uh, so he's like, yes, yes, I, I, have this, I have this done for you. Thank you, Jack. Doctor, have, uh, have you run across any, um, seems like a strange thing to ask about, but maybe any scrolls that you've come across? Uh, sometimes we've been... Uh, you know, in the dire heat of battle, and uh, you know you have to have the right spell at the right moment. But um, sadly, I, I've not yet learned how to scribe my own. Oh, what uh, what scroll you 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 seek? I I look, I look. Oh, um, that's a good question. Actually, I um, I um, let me think about that for a moment, and then <laughs> shocked. I uh, wasn't prepared for this. Uh, I thought I thought there would you'd have like I have five, two total scrolls, and here they are. But I uh, no, I look, I look. I have many things. I have many things. Uh, bookkeeping not is where where Jacta want, but I have many things. So mm-hmm. I look. Excellent. Roddy grabs two shields and looks at the gopher. Is like I go get uh, the Moon Mall Consortium logo painted on these real quick. <laughs> Okay. Um. <laughs> Roddy's willing to do a little adver- like advertising. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we got to set up with Jack, though. Yeah, like, we got to be like, oh, we're the, port- we're the heroes yeah. of Port Hallback. You sellouts. <laughs> fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> Broke as fuck trying to save the world. I can't even Apparently, afford- saving the world don't pay the bills. <laughs> I'm fucking Spider-Man over here. <laughs> like, a beloved hero who can't afford rent or a yeah. sandwich. <laughs> I got a house payment, man. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Moon Ma, you should probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> On the subject of the odd request, do you by any chance have any alchemical formulas lying about? Oh, very rare. Uh, maybe Jacques, I have to look. What you look for? Uh, infiltration elixir might be useful. Um, you know, everybody, go ahead and give me a perception check. Ooh, twenty-two. 26. Oh. Hello. Oh, hello. That would be a 31. Damn. Uh, Father Becker, you know, with your sordid past where you may have fractured the occasional law. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. <clears throat> from what? time to time. Doesn't sound familiar. Uh, it suddenly occurs to you that the good-natured Jokdar, um probably knows exactly what he does and doesn't have. Yeah. That it's probably a negotiating tactic. Gotcha. To where he he needs you know he's he's putting it back on you. That he's he's negotiating. Got the, it. The the good natured friendly uh, Jacques Dar maybe maybe he's a little more on on the ball than he always presents himself. I don't really know how to communicate that to my compadres. Uh, yes. <laughs> Com- si, compadres. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We're switching to Deadlands now. Listen, hombres. Hey, caballeros. Hey. Comanchos, caballeros. That's my real voice. Yeah, yeah. If, if, he, if, he, if he moves away or anything like that, um, or at any point, if the opportunity arises, I'll whisper something real quickly like, he knows exactly what he's got in stock. But um, that's all I'll say. Like, if we had an individual wish list, for say, Jokdar, um, runes that make my sword real stabby, 
<laughs> and this is just long term because we're a little cash shy right now. Um, unless we have uh, quite a bit of credit with Carlisle there. I don't know if there's a, a limit, so to speak. <laughs> but I can see the sky if we, you know if you know what I'm talking about. You know, he will. Jacques will try to get what you need. Jacques uh, will have many things, but not everything. Right, of course, long term. And then I just write a plus symbol, <laughs> and then like a two, <laughs> a three, and, a four. And a five. None of those numbers, like we stop at three in Pathfinder 2. Yeah, we do. But, you know, four, five, yeah, the six. <laughs> go, go, well, you want to go back to a different edition and get a, get a weapon from <laughs> Yeah, can you, can you get into first Galarian? <laughs> uh, yeah, anything that makes weapons more sharp or better, or armor better, that is on my Christmas list. Jacques will put in requests. Jacques Dar, I've been thinking about this. And you know really what I'm most concerned about? I'm concerned about um, oh, these terrible afflictions that we sometimes encounter whenever we're battling uh, you know, fell, uh, fell creatures and, and uh, nefarious wizards and things like that. And so I don't always have the, the spell prepared to, um, uh, to help in circumstances like that. And so I'm looking for things that, oh, I don't know, can remove conditions like fear or if my, my compadres, once again... Compadres are um, are paralyzed, or uh, they poisoned, uh, or you know, even things like uh, simple healing scrolls could be useful uh, in case we get into a especially dire situation. Uh, do you know what level any of those are? By chance? Yeah, they're. Uh, I can tell you. Um, uh, neutral. I, well, I had it a moment ago. Remove fear and uh, remove paralysis. I think are second level. Let's see. Heal could be any level. Um, right. Neutralized poison might be three. I'll double check. Wish. Wish. Uh, Jacques Dar, he, he stops. He says, uh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, they, they look. And uh, by that time, one of his uh, little minions come uh, coming back. And he goes, oh, oh, we have this. This we have for you. And uh, they pass over uh, a couple of scrolls. Oh, nice. And one of them uh, does indeed have removed fear. And then there are two more. Each have a second level heal. Oh, great. Roddy slowly starts pulling a sword out, looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's frightening. <laughs> Not yet, Rodney. Evil. Yeah, actually, I think remove fear might actually even be a first level. Words on paper are evil. <laughs> Not yet. Man, it might your blood skill must be amazing. <laughs> what is your bloody in school? <laughs> well, I do know that bluff is not tied to intelligence. Right. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. It's not that Roddy's a good liar. It's that no one in Port Harbeck is good at reading people. <laughs> so, uh, Doctor, these will be, I'm sure these will be very useful to us. Uh, thank you so much for uh, helping to find them. Also, I will need a scroll case. May I buy one of those for me, too? <laughs> <laughs> Something waterproof would be wonderful. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And they do. They bring you like a leather scroll oh, tube. This is very point. nice. Thank uh, you. They hand it to you. Is that blood on that thing? Is that... No, no, no. It's just dirty from Jenny. Oh, okay. I just need to polish that up. Hmm. For when we met at Jenny. <laughs> yeah. So, great. <laughs> Jenny! <laughs> the band. <laughs> Doctor, I've, once again, it's always a pleasure. I've seen Jenny murdered at mini karaoke bar. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. But I'm Probably all of them every night. <laughs> so I grab my two shields that now look like NASCAR jackets. <laughs> Leave, leave room over there for a couple more. Why don't you? You guys may know this, but he's known as Roddy the Shill. There's a lot of yeah, a lot of, uh, lot of places in town we might get the uh, old endorsement from. I have like five shields now. So. <laughs> <laughs> One for each company, then. Also, he, he's going to have to hire somebody just to carry shields. <laughs> Shield me, boy. Jacques Dar. Oh yes. Um, I have a certain item I would like. Trans <laughs> I would like transported back to Estrella with a note attached. Oh yes, Jacques Dar can do. 
You, it, it will be it will be weeks, but Jacques, Jacques can do this for you. Time is not of concern for this. Oh, very good, very good. So um, Asherian will uh, pull out the battle standard for the um, Ranger Army group, and um, he'll have a note with it and give that to Jacques. Oh, Jacques will take care of this. This was he will treasure it like a a family heirloom. I will I will make sure it get back for you. Yes, good friend, yes. You're laying it on a little thick, Jacques uh, Dial it back. <laughs> Jesus. Don't you talk to him like that. The Moomba Train Consortium is the leader in goods and services in seven different continents. Well, tell me more. <laughs> Please, tell us more about this. What of their low organization? What of their low, low prices? Roddy's, like, sailor jacket is now also, like, an escort. <laughs> This is like the scene in Wayne's World. I hear that <laughs> yeah, they man. have great sales. <laughs> the best sales. Mm-hmm. Also, the best sales <laughs> for ships. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, they're full price. <laughs> Why didn't I write that commercial? <laughs> <laughs> we are losing listeners by the moment. <laughs> I doubt it. Nah, it's gonna, we have to have listeners. <laughs> yeah, gonna, to can lose they them. go negative? I was gonna say. <laughs> Actually, it's worse now because if I edit an episode, I probably don't download it and listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, Roddy gives him his, like, wish list, but he's like, yeah, I broke shit. I gotta go figure out how to make a house payment real quick. Oh, Jacques Da will help all he can. Yeah, you're a very good friend, Jacques Da. I appreciate that. Oh, Jacques Da is honored and humbled. You know, when the heroes of Hallback, Port Hallback, go around and people ask us, hey, where did you get such great items? These things you're wearing, these things you're using. We always say, you know what? We got them from Jacques Da. You should go there and... And help him out. Not help him out. You should go and, and patronize him. But you should patron. I goddamn it. <laughs> Buy his shit. <laughs> what we're trying to say. Trying to say. Hey, show, show up at Moomaw or I'll stab you. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and I'll get away with it too. I'm a hero. Oh, it was my line. <laughs> oh, no, you, you're not a stabber. Shut up. I swear, I swear to God. I, or I, what? You'll stab me with your fist? <laughs> I swear to God. I will, Nerd. I will kick you so hard. I swear to God. I'll knock you in the next week. I have like 35 shields around me now. I'm just a shield golem. <laughs> you fool. I have done the same. <laughs> da, 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 it's like those two guys in the sumo like air suits just running at each other. <laughs> uh, do you guys have anything else for Jacques now, no, or do you want to move no. on? Good day, listeners. This is Saul Carvey broadsending for Kasarat Public Radio beaming around the globe from the Hellspire Tower in downtown Kasserat, bringing you the rest of history. The second largest continent of the realm contains the most mystery and intrigue, a fitting legacy from whom it was named. While many great demons were slain during the God's War, not all fell on the battlefield. More than a few of the enemy's commanders were brought low by a mysterious figure, one who was mostly human but embraced a demonic heritage. He studied shadows and silence, secrets and subtlety, he wielded these skills as a mighty weapon against the enemy, using their own tactics and trade against them. None killed more enemies than this great artist of death, an assassin named Faradon. And now you know the rest of history. Good day. Hey, bro. Long time no see, brother. How are you? I've I've been better, man. Oh, what's wrong? Well, you know, Corrine and I, we're trying to have a kid. That's great. Not so great. Lately, my wand has been... Malfunctioning? Dude. <laughs> it's okay, bro. Me and Yvette went through the same thing. I mean, she's a gelatinous ooze, so it made it a little difficult to get excited. 
How'd you get past it? My doctor prescribed me griblizits. Is that a pill or something? No, silly. It's this gripply they got assigned to me. Wait, your doctor gave you a frog guy? Hi-ho. Yeah, every few minutes before you want to get intimate, you just give this guy a lick and lickety-split. That seems weird. Tell me about it. Is it safe? It's safe and cost-effective. I don't eat much, plus I'm great with kids. What do you get out of this? Well, we saw what you guys did to the kobolds, and we figured this wasn't so bad in comparison. All right! Excessive consumption of Gripply can lead to heart palpitations, mild addiction, heart murmurs, long fluid, bowel bug, bear syndrome, and horrible explosive death. If erection lasts more than four hours, please contact your local wizard. So for me, I I, I go, I'm going to go track down Carlisle kind of by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he and I need to have a conversation. Okay. Uh, you know, I, he's, he's probably in his office. He spends yeah. a lot of time there. So I'll go to that ivory tower on the hill <laughs> that he has while the rest of us are in tents. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you mean the small wooden cabin? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perception's everything rich. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll knock on the door. All right, come on in. And at that point... Uh, Roddy walks in and Carlisle looks up. He sees now that my elf ears are sticking out from under the hat. You know, he stops and he he, he looks at you and uh, not really confused, but mm-hmm. there's kind of a grin on his face. Makes he, a little more sense to him now. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And he's like, hmm, well, go ahead and have a seat then. I believe it's, uh, let me break out some wine then. I think I've got some elvish back here somewhere. Yeah, it might be a good time for it. And like Roddy puts the hat down on the table and like kind of like scratches behind his ears. And it's like, I got to admit that was getting old. Hmm. I suspected you weren't quite as young as you let on. You let a few things slip. Yeah, it's uh, it's been hard for me. Up until recently, I thought I was the oldest thing on the island. Well, I'm not entirely certain I am either, if I'm being quite honest. And that's the part that scares me, which is why we need to have this conversation. Scares me a little, too. So tell me, what do you know? Well, up until recently, I thought I was the last living son of Faridin. Apparently, you and I got that in common. Yeah, I haven't always quite liked you, and I've never been quite able to put my finger on it. And it's because I forgot who you were. Oh? Have we met? We have one time, actually. A couple years after the war... A certain someone came to Caliban looking for timber for ships. I think I recall such a trip. I do too. Uh, I think I recall at one point, conversation might have got a little heated. And I think a young man might have jumped between you and the Admiral. A young, a young elvish boy, yes. Yeah. That was you. It was. I think we forgot about each other. Yes, yes. I remember that conversation. He uh, wanted more for the timber than I could afford. He was always very strong-willed, that one. But, no, that's not the worst conversation we ever had. I think that goes back to the first time we met. You must know of his first family. What he's told me, yeah. He was looking for him. Well, that's all I know, too. You see, he showed up here at the Carlisle estate, the old one, looking for his family. He assumed they were in the dungeons here. And honestly, it's probably a good assumption, but it wasn't true they weren't here. I didn't know of them, and they hadn't come through here, and he didn't like that answer. But there was a moment, 
I realized there was an opportunity as well. You see, there was much I didn't know. I suspected much. I suspected many things, but but my father, he kept things so insulated, and so did Gilgamach. There was always layers. There was always go-betweens. There was always the next question. It was what kept us on edge and at each other's throats as much as anything. But, but there was one question I needed answered, and James, I thought, might be able to answer it for me. So I used him a bit. Some sort of intelligence question he wanted answered. Some secret you didn't know he might could find out for you. You see, we weren't at war then. The storm was brewing, and I think the whole world knew it, but but everything was still peaceful, or at least it seemed. But things were happening here on the mainland. We all knew it. Things were progressing fast. They were moving wheels within wheels. Here walking into the middle of it is James Billet Smiley. So I made sure he left with some information. You see, everybody knows about the Black Shields. They existed even then. Everybody knows of the forces of Faradon, but there were more units, those forged in secret. There were rumors of a group called the El Jazim. I didn't know what they did, and I wasn't even certain they existed, but I had some news. There was a ship. So I gave this information to James, and off he goes. I may have told him his family might be there, even though I knew they probably weren't. But the ship, it was full of slaves, you see. Children taken from all across the world. The Eldrazim were bringing them back here for some evil purpose. That's what James used. That's the information he gave to the world that exposed us. That's what started the war. Roddy kind of nods his head. It's like, that was kind of the problem, was there were the have and the have-nots. See, elves like us, we were second-class citizens, I'm sure you recall. We didn't have the same rights you did. You may not know this, but it was the elves that first gave me all of these ideas. You see, I grew up knowing that elves were, how did you say? Second-class citizens, yes. if you will. Yes, that's the way they were here in Faradon. But I clearly remember the day that I sat down and wondered. It was shortly after I got married, and I knew my father had put her here. I knew it was her half-elven heritage that he could use against me, and I knew that was a weapon. He always forged weapons. But I began to wonder why, for the first time in my life, that the elves were kept under the heel the way they were. In my mind, Gilgamok just didn't like anything different that he couldn't control. I think you're probably right, but I'd never questioned it up until that point. That was the first moment that I realized there was something out there. Like, for example, elves couldn't have more than one child. So, twins. Well, that would have been bad. Yes, it would have been. And these Eldrazim, you call them. Yes. Well, yeah, you. most of your suspicions are correct. Child slaves taken away to secret ships. There was more than one, but one such one was called the Iron Bitch. It seems that maybe this time you can tell me something I don't know. Might have some things you might want to hear. There was 40 of us. From all different kinds. Um, a couple of elves, some human children, um, one or two dwarves. They were all lower class citizens, but all of our parents were dead, or perhaps we had been sold off. My whole village had been killed when they found out that my mom and dad had kept twins. Whoever took us said that there was a man named a beast who was very interested in twin elvish twins for some reason. Anyway, they put the 40 of us on this boat. 
Four of us were dead on the first day when we met the Beast, who was one of these Eldrazim. Come to find out there was an assassin cult dedicated to the Angel King. A few years later, there was only two of us left. When we graduated, there was 13 in the class. Eldrazim means the last candle. And I'll let you guess how many were alive at the end of that day. You know, at that point, Carlisle kind of sits back and thinks and takes a moment to process all of that. You know, something that's weighed on my mind for a long time. We all knew Gilgamesh was evil. We all knew he'd taken control of Feradon. But we never actually knew much about Gilgamesh himself. We never knew much about his beliefs, his religion. And I think the Eldrazim were part of that. They were the first unit that he could mold fully as himself. The rest had to have a a layer, a facade, but not them. No, I think they were truly of him, and I think he instilled in them more of his own personality than he had anyone else. They were fanatics, to be sure. Every morning we heard the beast talk about him how we had to serve the Angel King, how the Angel King was glorious and pure, and that the whole world was wrong, and that we'd be called upon to kill his enemies. Those words you use, they worry me. Cult. Calling. They sound like another story we've heard recently. Oh, I'm, I'm seeing the same patterns I did over a hundred years ago, and I'm not content with it. It's thrown my mission here off. I admit I didn't expect this either. I thought Gilgamesh was truly gone, but yet here we are, the same words, the same signs that I've seen before. How is it possible? The same dead children lying there, murdered for some insane ritual. That's the way it always is. The signs, the patterns, they're always there. They're just not always easy to see. I've got a different perspective on it. Um, So it seems... My uh, my initial goal coming here was to help derail all the bill that Smiley the Third regain some of his heritage. That's going to have to go by the wayside now. Hopefully he's back at home at Caliban Safe where I left him, but this this is bigger now than the facade. This is bigger than trying to find the Red Sand Shores and claim it. I would say I could help you there, but if I'm being entirely honest, the recent upheaval in Caliban has... Uh neutralized any assets I once had there, so I get no word these days. Fortunately, I haven't either. With the guild leaders uh, rejecting the Duke Dumma, fortunately, Alda doesn't have the pull he used to have, so I don't know. what. And I even if he did, what help could he be? Having known some of those guild leaders, uh, I can't imagine they're very helpful. Helping other people's not really their strong suit. There's a war coming, and I don't know if Caliban is going to help. Indeed, who could? At this point, I don't believe we even know who or what we're fighting. We suspect. We wonder. But the puzzle pieces, they don't all fit yet. I can say this. The most dangerous thing is a fanatic, a true believer. And that's what the beast was. I didn't get to know much of what he was going to show me. When uh, I graduated, so to speak, the Admiral showed up a few days later. The, there was a battle. I managed to help kill the beast. Uh, in truth, he told us that 
well, outside world was here to kill us. So I made a choice that I thought was going to lead to me and those other children's death. See, there was a second class on board the Iron Bitch, another 40 ready for the next one. Someone named the Greenskin was going to teach them. The Greenskin? Hmm. I assume he was an orc, but I never met him. I'd only ever met one of the Eldrazine. Not many orcs on Ferdon, as you pointed out. Didn't like anybody but humans here. Mm -mm. And the beast was an elf himself, which was odd. But believe me when I say he was the most dangerous man I'd ever met in my entire life. More pieces of the puzzle, I presume. Taught me most everything I knew about weapons, though. He was good at killing that one. I have found that everybody teaches us something. It's what we do with it that matters more than their intent. I've had two fathers in my life. One was a right bastard I helped kill. And the other one was was the Admiral James. Took me in like his own. And you've been with him this whole time? I served the Admiral. I served under Alder the First. Served under Alder the Second. Of course, he ignored me when I told him not to go past those mountains. I remember hearing of that. I was captain of the guard at that point. I'd served them for, oh golly, uh, close to 80, 90 years. Hmm. So it occurs to me, you would have been there when they made their deal with the pirates. <laughs> I was on the deck of the ship. I had snuck aboard two days beforehand. Hmm. Did uh, Jaylana ever tell you the story about a sailor that put a knife on her throat? No, she never told me about that. She knew I wasn't a fan of that deal. <laughs> like, he reaches forward and grabs some wine. So, one of Jaylona's ships got lost in a storm. Ended up in the Bay of Caliban. And to this day, I don't know what possessed the idiot to do it. But he dropped sails and charged at the port. Well, that was one of the shortest naval battles I'd ever seen. But word got out that we had captured the ship. And well, about a week later, here comes 13 clay fleet ships. In our bay. That all seems very convenient. Kind of does. Alder the First, uh, he knew more than he always let on. He wasn't much of a military man, but he was good with numbers. Crazy son of a bitch asked me if I could sneak on board the main ship. We could tell it was the main ship. It was made of nice ebony wood. I'd never seen wood like that before. I still don't know where she got it. That's the second nicest ship I ever laid my eyes on. Still is. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I, I imagine the Queen of the Seas is still a nice vessel. She is. She's at my other estate last I knew. <laughs> Be nice to see that ship again. I hope to get back there someday myself, but I don't know if I'll make it back in time. So I rode a boat out in the middle of the night, sunk it out of sight, and then swam aboard. Stole some clothes and, well, pretended to be one of them. They didn't take roll call back then. It was a little sloppy. Oh, my bride, she's brilliant, but she had no training those days. It was, uh, well, let's just say pretending to be someone else was something I've got a little training in. Hmm. So, anyway, here comes the Admiral. Uh, well, that morning he he named his son Alder the Second Admiral and Duke. Took one sailor with him and rode out to the boat to meet her. It's the craziest thing I'd ever seen. Had no plan. Just asked her what she wanted and how she wanted to proceed. She threatened him. I pulled a knife on her throat. And then uh, we negotiated that treaty right there. 
one of the byproducts of that there was I had to spend five years as a clay fleet sailor in an advisory role. Well, it sounds like that clever pirate queen got almost everything she wanted. I think they both did. All at the cost of one ship. Caliban, Caliban was surviving, but they didn't have uh, they didn't have the boats for trade. They couldn't have survived a pirate war. And well, let's just say the pirates needed a little more options when it came to where they could take things. So I oh, think it, I'm well aware. I think it worked out. Maybe you weren't a big fan, but Caliban survives. It always does. Oh, I suppose it was all right. I it was easier when I had that much more influence, but. I knew it couldn't last, and I knew she wouldn't let it last. So I'm not surprised. It seems like the play she would make. I always wondered if it was coincidence or if something she manufactured, but hearing your tale, I'm pretty certain that was her plan all along. Well, I'm glad it worked out, because I didn't really want to kill her, and I didn't really want to get stabbed by 30 pirates at the time. So, But I, uh, for about five years, I served on the Sandy Shoals with... Darius Clay. He he does the stop to think for a moment. Um, he's like, oh, oh yes, yes, okay, yes. The nephew. So I. Uh, mm-hmm. He he kind of does the, you know, the look back and forth thing when you mm-hmm. say they they say you know you say nephew and he's like, yes, that's 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 what they would call him, but it's not technically true. Well, I never never had cause to doubt it up until recently, but. Mm. Whatever he was, he was allowed to be a clay. Well, in many ways he was, and I believe they they all are related, but, uh, you know, when you reform a new family, sometimes you can rename who you are. I believe that's the case. They did that with a ship, but eh, it's always a bad idea to rename a ship. You know, it would be amusing if uh, we ever make it back to... My estate in Adeamos, and she's still alive. She would probably be tickled to meet you again. It'd be nice to see her again. She was quite a lady. Always was. Which uh, always threw me off that I thought Lena was a granddaughter. <laughs> no, that's, it's true. No, she's our youngest. They're spread out more than you might think, but but she is uh, she's very much my daughter and very much her mother's. Well, let's let's be clear about some things. I, I've been accused of having divided loyalties before, but I care very much about Caliban. I care very much about Alder the Third, and I care very much that the Clay Fleet continues its position in power. Keeping that rabble together has always been their uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Their main purpose. Bunch of pirates running around with no leadership is not something the world needs right now. I would agree. I'm just not certain how much I can help there. My daughter, however, my oldest daughter, she is not to be underestimated. For now, I think things are balanced enough. We need to maintain our focus here. You say divided loyalties, but I don't believe that to be true. Sounds like your loyalties have always been in one spot and your sword pointed in one direction. It's probably not a coincidence you're back here in Faradon then. I didn't want to come back, to be honest. I really didn't, but I think I have to be here now. There's no other place I could be. You know, it's always been that way. When evil comes, when evil happens, there are those, the helpers, the people who show up and arrive. 
It's just like that paladin out there showed up shortly after the temple did. The Asmodians, the Tartans always follow. There's always those who arrive. The cultists called here. You. The forces that are at play here, I won't claim to understand them. But it's funny the way things get called back home. Roddy grabs his hat and puts it back on and kind of stands up and stretches. Like, I don't know about large plans or epic tales. I've, I've known a lot of important people in my long life. Here's what I know. I thought something had been buried a long time ago. And I'm very angry that it's back. And I'm very interested in putting it to rest. So you keep me in the loop, Carlisle. So Roddy, right? First Lieutenant Roddy of the Caliban Defense Force and the Clay Fleet. Actually never resigned my commission in either, oddly enough. What was that you said, the El Jazim? What did they call him? The Beast. What did they call Gilgamark? The Angel King. The Angel King. It was like a holy phrase for them. The Last Candle. The Angel King. And, you know, for a moment he, you see him just kind of muttering this to himself while he's, while he's thinking. That word makes me, makes me wonder. Angel. Whose? Whose angel could it be? I don't know, but I intend to find out something. He raises his glass of wine, and then it looks like our swords are pointed the same direction right at the moment. First Lieutenant Roddy. Very good. You go ahead and drink that, you know, yeah. almost like a salute yeah, like, uh, with the wine, and then he goes back into his contemplation. Alder, like, reached down and finished his glass. Who? Oh. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> That's gonna be hard, man. Roddy reaches down and, like, finishes his glass and, like, to your health, Carlisle. To your health. And walks out. 